BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. episode 645. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs Director of Digital Content, Joe Garcia. In this episode, Joe and I will discuss the last four games for the Spurs, a mid-season trade, and how vital DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Jakob Pertl have been for the team's success. Let's jump right into this episode. Joe, welcome to Spurs cast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. You know, this is my debut here with Spurs cast, so I'm excited. Yes, uh, I, I think this is your so this is your individual debut. Um, but I think this is remember we did one I think during the pandemic when it was like you, me, John, and like a few other guys. It was just yeah. like a that was more of, like that a, was like a little bit that was like a roundtable. I think that was more like a roundtable yeah. discussion. Yeah, yeah, it was like a round. That's right. So I think that was a roundtable. So you're, you're actually right there. So yeah, so yeah, welcome to Spurscast, uh, Spurscast listeners. Uh, if you all have follow us on Project Spurs and also on, on our on our Twitter accounts and everything like that, um, you'll see Joe. You know he's he's a, he's a member of the team, helps us out there in the di- in the digital area. Uh, you know really helps us with guidance uh, out on that. On that that um, aspect of the site. So let's go ahead and jump right into this episode, Joe. Um, first of all, let's, let's let's examine how the Spurs did in their last few games and also provide some team updates. So since I last recorded a week ago with um, Colin Reed, the Spurs went two and two. So they're playing better basketball now that they're health, they're getting healthy. Uh, let's go back to Friday a week ago. And I do want to note that Joe and I are recording this on a Thursday afternoon. So again, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Friday last week, the Spurs um, are hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. They do lose by five. Uh, Cleveland was uh, was favored by three and a half. Now, uh, one notable player who was out for this game was Derek White. So he still wasn't back at this time. Then on Saturday, the second night of a back-to-back, the Spurs are hosting the Los Angeles Clippers, and they win by seven points. No Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, The Spurs were favored by one and a half, so basically they took care of business, even though it was a close win. In this game, Derek White returned, but Jakob Perto was out. He had some back injuries, uh, and the Spurs did hold the Clippers below 100. Then on Monday this week, uh, the Spurs hosted the Phoenix Suns uh, without DeAndre Ayton, but they did have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And the Suns were just, you know, they, they were just they're just too good. That's why they're the number one team out, out west. They're one of the top teams out west and, and, a, and a favorite to go to the title, to the championship. Uh, they lost by 14 to Spurs. Um, Phoenix was favored by four in this one. And it was really, the Spurs played a good game up until the fourth quarter. Phoenix just kind of dominated there. The, the Spurs went, on, went cold and, and Phoenix just went and got hot. And so um, the Spurs did have their, their main three back of De, uh, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, 
Squad and Jakob Pertl. But like I said, Phoenix dominated that fourth quarter, and so the Spurs lost. And then the most recent uh, game for the Spurs was Wednesday. They hosted the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, and they got a very good win. They won by 22 points. This was basically a blowout. You know, early the Spurs went up by 34, and even in the fourth quarter, none of the starters played. It was it was pretty much decided pretty early on. Uh, the Spurs were favored in this one by seven. So uh, just one notable thing about this game was that the Spurs finally had their full rotation back. Everyone's finally healthy out of health and safety protocols, no major injuries. And so now they have everyone back, their, their, their key 10 players. Uh, and they did hold, uh, had a great defensive game here holding the Thunder below 100. So, Joe, what were your thoughts on these last four games? My thoughts on these last four games is it makes a big difference when you have a full squad. You know, the Spurs mm-hmm. were still having some players out due to the health and safety protocols because of, you know, COVID hitting the league and hitting the team. Um, and you're seeing, you know, the Spurs struggling against teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, and they pretty handily dispatched, you know, the Clippers. I mean, yes, it was kind of a back and forth game, but the Spurs finally found a way to kind of put some distance between team, them and the Clippers and come out with the win. The Suns, you got to commend the Spurs for even making this a game for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the wheels came off in the fourth quarter, and I, I attribute that more to fatigue. Again, you're not playing mm-hmm. with the full roster, but you hung in there. So I think that was a, kind of a, one of those moral wins that we can you know, kind of say, look, you know, the Spurs, they, they did the best they could with the roster they had. Now they play with the full roster and handedly beat OKC, which is one of the better, not the better, but one of the worst teams mm-hmm. in the league. And, and the Spurs on paper are the better team, so... They actually did what everybody you know thought they would do, which was beat OKC. I think this is a good thing for the Spurs because it kind of builds some momentum, and hopefully this can go ahead and push the the team forward in a, in a positive direction. And it's kind of like a you know all hands on deck at this point. You know they need to just get I believe was it nine more wins so they can go ahead and get Coach Pop uh, the title of the most winningest coach in NBA history. So hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you there. You know, again, like you kind of like what you said in your first sentence, just getting everybody back is really going to help this team find more success now. Uh, so let's just go through a few more um, kind of just where the Spurs stand overall and then also some team updates for the team. Um, so, so you know, they basically took care of business this, this week. They, they should have gone two and two according to Vegas, and they did that. They took care of business against the uh, the Clippers and against the Thunder, two games they should have won. Um, so overall, where do they stand right now? They're still they're they're seventeen and twenty eight for the season, so they're still twelfth out west, kind of where they were when when I last recorded. They're they're right there in the hunt in the hunt for that that tenth spot in, in the um, in the playing game. So they're only one and a half games behind Portland in the standings. They're still stuck right there at seventh with the with the worst record for the lottery odds, uh, which is a thirty four percent chance at the top four pick and eight percent chance at Number one, and I feel like if this team starts winning games like they should start to do, they're gonna they're gonna make those lottery chances even worse because they're gonna start you know winning games. Um, you know, on offense, they're still 16th uh, overall right now on offense, um, and then they they improved defensively. Like I said, holding the Clippers and the Thunder below 100 points is gonna help your defense, and so they moved from 20th to now 17th on defense, so basically close to a league average defense. Uh, kind of what we already noted, the full rotation is back. Um, some good news for Zach Collins; he's he's on his way to making a return. Um, you know, after after having to miss multiple years here with different injuries. Uh, the, the Spurs um, uh, had him play with the Austin Spurs on Monday, so he got so he got some minutes there. He sat out on Wednesday when they went on the road, and then he's expected to play again on Friday with Austin. Initially, that looked like he, that would be the only two games that he would play with Austin, but then Pop um, just recently 
uh, gave her, gave a, uh, a quote where he basically said that, you know, they're not going to rush Zach back to, to the San Antonio team. They're going to let him basically as many games as he needs, as he needs to play with Austin until he basically feels comfortable and he, and like, he's ready to go back to the NBA level. So again, the, the, the good sign though, for the Spurs is that Zach Collins is, is on, on the, on the track to a rec- full recovery and returning to the San Antonio team. Uh, and then just more, you know, COVID news, unfortunately, uh, it, now it's not the players place in health and safety protocols. It's actually the coaches. So uh, Matt Nielsen, just uh, assistant coach just recently came back from being in health the safety protocols according to pop but the spurs are down three assistant coaches they have becky hammond uh, mitch johnson and darius sangaila all out right now in health and safety protocols so so like pop said you know it's 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 basically hitting the, the entire team it's already hit the players but now it's making its way uh toward the coaches did you have any co- uh comments there joe about you know where the team stands overall no you know i think uh pretty much everything you said is right on par you know the team is who they are right now, you know they're mm-hmm. they're finally getting healthy. Hopefully, we can see them string again, you know, together a couple of wins and start seeing that improvement that Spurs fans have been looking for uh, since the beginning of the season. But you know, with you know injuries and then COVID hitting the team, I mean, and the team still trying to find itself. I think right now we're we're seeing everything starting to come together, and I think their fans are going to be really happy to see that this team is actually growing. Uh, specifically, the they're looking at the growth of the young core, and I think that's going to be evident probably over the you know maybe next month or so. For sure, I agree with you there. Um, so let's move on to something that is not common when you cover the San Antonio Spurs: a mid-season trade a month before the trade deadline. Wow, this one was interesting. So the other night, you know, it's t- like I, I was I was watching the video that you did with um, with Vicky um, uh, v- Vicky uh, Viriel and also uh, Rocky Garza Jr. That the what is it? What what do we call the Spurs round table? Oh, the rewind. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Spurs rewind. So I was watching I was just a few minutes of it before the the, the the press conference started with Coach Pop. And so you were like, right, like, like just the fact that like, yes, uh, I forgot what evening it was, Tuesday evening or Monday evening. And it's, it's almost like time to go to bed here in San Antonio. It's like getting close to 10, 11 o'clock. And then all of a sudden, Woj comes out with this big trade of, you know, the Spurs, the Boston Celtics and the Nuggets. So let, let's kind of uh, dive right into this trade. We're going to first look at it from a financial perspective. You know, what do the Spurs get? Uh, what does their cap situation look like? And then we'll go into, you know, who is, is the player that they received and you know it, what are his chances of playing this season so 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 the way the trade the trade officially went when um uh was made official on wednesday the spurs and, and celtics and nuggets made this trade official on wednesday uh so the spurs got a player uh some cash considerations and a a, a future pick so so the player they received it was wancho hernan gomez from the boston celtics they got cash considerations from the nuggets and, and celtics and then they also got a protected 2028 second round pick from denver so again if you're asking yourself you know wancho was a player who wasn't playing with Boston, um, you know, a $7 million contract. Uh, and, and so, you know, why would the Spurs get him and, and send a player who is part of the, the rotation of Brent Forbes? It's because, uh, again, they're, they're, they're getting some, some, some draft at, um, assets out of this. They're getting that, that, that future pick, uh, the 2028 second rounder. Uh, Brent Forbes, you know, like I said, player who was in the rotation, but he hadn't been um, uh, playing lately, uh, gets sent to Denver. So he's going to be on, on, a, on a good team there with Nikola Jokic. And, of course, if Denver can get fully healthy with uh, Jamal Murray back and, um, and Michael Porter Jr., then they have a chance to be a title contender. Um, Hernan Gomez's contract, um, so he's making $6.9 million this season, so that's already guaranteed. Uh, and then next offseason, he's going to uh, next season, his, his contract is non-guaranteed entirely for seven point four million. So that's interesting because if the Spurs want to go the route of opening up max cap space, about thirty four to like thirty six million, all they need to do is wave um, Hernan Gomez before his his um, 
guarantee date. And if they wanted to, they could use the $7.4 million as a trade chip next offseason. They wanted to get somebody else on another team. Well, then they, they could do that, but they'd have to guarantee that contract. Um, you know, I've gotten this question a lot. You know, people have been asking me, you know, can, can he still be moved? Yes, he can. He can, he can still be traded uh, with, for his $6.9 million contract up until that February 10th deadline. So maybe we, we don't even know if he stays in San Antonio right now within the next month. And then also another question I've been getting is, can he be combined with another player? And that specific player is a player who we think is going to get traded eventually, which is Thad Young. So people have been asking me, you know, can, can you combine Thad's $14 million contract with Wancho's for a $7 million contract for a $21 million player? And no, that cannot be done according to the CBA in terms of the research that I've done. The Spurs would have to wait two months to, 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 to be able to, to, to aggregate their two salaries, and, and that won't happen because the trade deadline ends before two months are over. So, yes, Wancho can still get sent out um, for another player uh, or using a different trade, but he can't be um, combined with, with two different Spurs players. And then, you know, the Spurs, you, after doing this deal, yes, I know they took an, an additional $3 million from compared to when they had Forbes, but they're still very safe as far not, as not being a luxury tax team. They're still $16.1 million uh, below the tax. So, so Joe, what are your thoughts on on, first of all, just kind of the, the contract situation with the Spurs getting uh, Hernan Gomez and sending Bryn Forbes out. Well, I think it kind of signifies something. You know, if they're going to go ahead and trade one Bryn Forbes, which was your backup shooter. You know, you had you had him in case everything mm-hmm. went stale. You know, the game was stale. The Spurs went through a shooting drought. A couple minutes, they put in Bryn Forbes, comes in, instantly is going to give you a little bit of offense, either knock down some threes, knock down some jumpers. He's going to do something for us. Now that you're getting rid of him, I think it kind of opens the door for another shooting guard to kind of come in and, and garner those minutes. I mean, you do have Lonnie Walker still listed as a, a shooting guard. You do have mm-hmm. Derek White. Of course, Brent Forbes was, is gone now because of trade. You have Joshua Primo and Joe Wieskamp. So maybe that might you know open the door a little bit for maybe Primo to come in and get some some minutes here and there which is good for the young guy you know as he's mm. developing his game so i think the spurs are doing what they think is best moving forward they did need a stretch for but how likely is it going to be that Hernan Gomez is going to see the floor and get some quality minutes i think it's very unlikely i mean right now at our power forward positions we have Doug McDermott we have Thaddeus Young we have Devontae Kaycock and we have Zach Collins. Zach Collins is nearing a return. He's over there with the Austin Spurs, uh, still kind of, you know, getting his conditioning and, you know, coming along as a player. Uh, So even when he comes back, it's going to be interesting to see what the dynamic is going to be out there as far as the minutes and the rotations, you know. So unfortunately for, you know, Juancho, you love the name, Juancho Hernan Gomez. I don't think he's going to really see a lot of minutes. Maybe he's more of an insurance policy in case an injury does occur and mm-hmm. you're trying to make a push to come in, you know, and, pl- and vie for that play-in game. But along with the trade, we did get that second-round pick. I believe it's coming in 2028, of all things. So yeah. I know a lot of fans were making fun, putting all the funny memes that the kid that the Spurs are going to eventually draft is playing video games sitting down in front of a TV somewhere. So it's like <laughs> it is what it is on that end. But the Spurs actually received some cash. I believe the total was $2.35 million. $2.15 million of that came from the Celtics. So, I mean, you got some cash in the whole deal. You got to also Bryn Forbes, which you got at a discount. You kind of get some insurance here. And the best thing about this whole thing is that Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, contract, like you said, is is non-guaranteed. So if the Spurs want to, you know, free up some cap space and maybe go after somebody, they can do that in the offseason. So overall, it wasn't a bad trade. 
Yeah, and you made a great point there. Uh, I forgot to mention was about Josh Primo. You know, the fact that now you're right. Like Lonnie Walker's going to now get all those shooting guard minutes because he he and uh, Trey Jones are the only two guards in the backcourt left now. Uh, you know, they're in the backcourt with Bryn Forbes gone, and, and Forbes needs to take some of those minutes. And um, you know, Primo again, they can bring him up from Austin and give him some playing time. Now, now, right now, Pop did say just Wednesday. You know, you know, he was asked about this. You know, does this mean uh, Josh will get an expanded role now that Bryn's gone? And Pop said no for now. He kind of wants to keep him in Austin to continue to let him get that experience in the G League. So eventually whenever they make that dis- that decision to bring up Primo, I think that's a, that's that, that's a great point that you mentioned that, that there's going to be some some minutes there for him or who they currently have on the team right now at Joe Weeks, Wieskamp, they have him there. So maybe uh, he'll, he'll get some minutes. So, so again, we'll see. So I, I agree with Joe, you know, if, if Spurscast listeners, if you're asking, you know, who is Wancho, um, you know, He's a six nine four power forward from from, from Spain. Uh, he's played on the Spanish national team for a number of years. Uh, he's he's bounced around the league for on a few teams. Uh, he does play the four mainly, but he's also um, played the three, so he can play that small forward position. And he's also um, on different teams. He's 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 been used as a small ball five as well when teams really want to go really small. Um, with Boston, he wasn't able even able to crack the rotation in the Celtics minutes. Um, you know, for his career, he does shoot thirty five percent from three, thirty four point six percent. I was looking at five thirty eight um, projection model of him, and and he really isn't like a, like Joe kind of mentioned. You know, he's not going to bring a lot to the team right now. Uh, they they have him listed as a, as an end of bench player. You know, they actually quoted as a, a scrub is, is their definition. You know, I don't like using that term, but they put scrub <laughs> basically for the team. Um, he's not a high usage player, so he's not going to do a lot with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's not he's not really a good shooter when you look at his true shooting percentage uh he does you know stretch the floor which 55 percent of, of his attempts come from three uh he's a low assist percentage player he's a high turnover percentage player so you know, again you don't want the ball in his hands uh he's above average uh above average in his position for rebounding percentage but he's below average in, in diff, diff, diff other defensive metrics like steals and blocks we're on to the divisional round of the nfl playoffs and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe basically summarizes perfectly. You know, there's right now when the Spurs are healthy, there's no minutes for him. You know, you like he said, you have Doug McDermott and Kelton Johnson taking up the, the minutes of the three and four. You have Devin Vassell and Kata Bates job when they're healthy, taking up the minutes of the three and four. And then like Joe mentioned, you know, Zach Collins is eventually going to come back. And I think the Spurs do want to get, find him a role, whether it's as, is that it's as a backup five or if it's, it's as a backup four, they do want to get him minutes. So, so again, the only way I see Wancho playing any significant minutes, if he stays on the team is if somebody gets hurt. Did you have any other uh, comments there, Joe, about Wancho? Well, I know that some Spurs fans, I saw that they were asking a question on Twitter and they're like, okay, we went ahead and we, the team now has Juancho Hernan Gomez. Now they wanted to know 
how quickly could they trade him? You know, could they go ahead and acquire him and then immediately trade him to another team? I was like, I don't think that's how it works. So you want to shed some light on that for some of these fans, Paul? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said earlier. Um, that he can still be moved, yes, up until February 10th. So, like, now if they wanted to trade him today, they could do that. Uh, but they cannot, like I said earlier, they cannot aggregate him. So they can't yeah. combine him with another Spurs player currently to make a bigger salary for a different player. So, like, so I know, like, Thad Young probably a player that we think is going to get moved before uh, February 10th. And so they couldn't combine Wancho and, and Thad's uh, contracts to make a $21 million deal for another player. So, so again, he can be traded, yes, but he, he can't be combined with any other players. Yeah, I got you, man. And hopefully, you know, Thad can uh, find a home with another team and the Spurs can hopefully get some picks because it's, uh, you know, Thad works really hard. If you see him before the game even starts, he really works hard, goes out there, warms up, even a couple hours before the, the games even start, you know. So the guy, the, he's a veteran. He wants to play. So... I wish him well, and I hope that the Spurs can find a new home for him and hopefully get some picks in return because who knows where the chips will fall for them in the upcoming NBA draft lottery. Hopefully it translates into a top five pick, and if we get some second-round picks, hey, that's pretty good because now the team can go ahead and, and trade, or not trade, but go ahead and pick for the need of the team versus the best available player. So, you know, we'll see what happens as the as the trade deadline starts coming up uh, pretty pretty close here because we're kind of approaching now on the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to make one more comment here, and it's about the um kind of the, the signals that we see about these trades and how they kind of came came, came true. So like the 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 uh, Bryn Forbes to Denver trade was kind of leaked just a few days ago, where like uh, it was Michael Scotto uh, he had reported um, that that basically Denver had interest in Bryn Forbes, and all of a sudden just days later there it is that the trade becomes official by Woj. Uh, I mean you know announces it. So again, I think that wh- whoever you know if the Spurs are talking to a team, you know it's very interesting. I think that's very accurate right now with this reporting, and that's why we've seen multiple reporters report that you know Phoenix and Thad Young are, are that's the situation to kind of monitor because you know the, the trade that we've all seen is is uh, Dario Saric and um and and uh, Jalen Smith for Thad Young so I think that that's definitely I, I bet like uh, not bet but like I, I just I I guess I, I I would guess that you know at the end of the day that's probably the, the trade that's kind of on the Spurs' board right now kind of like it's, it's like their go-to one if they have to if they can't find a better deal for Thad Young so again that's kind of the trade I'm, I'm continuing to watch right now uh before that February 10th trade deadline but again it, it's interesting that you know that that that, that the uh, Bryn Forbes trade was kind of leaked uh, just a few days before and then all of a sudden boom it, it just happened so I think that's something to watch is you know whatever signals are out there right now regarding the Spurs and these trades um that, that's interesting to watch you know if, if it's if it's a uh, you know really accurate right there um Let's move on to our final topic, Joe. And this is a, you know, I, I don't have a name for them, but I, I'm just going to call them the main three. So this is when D- Derek uh, White, Dejounte Murray, and Jakob Pertl, the three Spurs, the, the, the three best players for the Spurs, are, are all um, healthy and, and available in the same game together. You know, I'm not going to use big three because obviously that's Timmy, Tony, and Manu. Um, you know, for for years. So so I'm just going to say main three. If there's a better nickname for them, somebody let me know um, on my Twitter. Uh, so, so you know, I, I just want to talk about you know uh, how, how good this team has been whenever these three players are, are available. And again, you know, if you have your three best players, you do expect the to be a lot better um so right now through 27 games when they're all healthy and available the spurs are 13 and 14 when, when murray white and Pertle are in the same game when they're not available the three of them they are four and 14 so again they're not very good uh, if only one of them's available or just two of them it's not still not a very good team only four and 14 uh i also noticed that in the crunch time the other day when, when Derek and Dejounte were out there together they were really uh their spurs really took care of business and executed down the stretch so when we look at the spurs's crunch time stats they're six and 13 overall for the season However, when Derek and DeJounte are on the floor together, the close together, uh, the game out, 
they're six and eight. And you, and you see that, you know, it's not just DeJounte where all the defenses know he's going to make, he's going to be the guy who has to make the plays. Uh, Derek can take some control of the offense. And then also Derek is so crucial on defense and getting those late game charges drawn. So I think that, uh, I mean, that, that's something that shows right there in the data is that all six of their wins from crunch time have been when it's Derek and DeJounte on the same, on the, on the floor together. If, if just one of them is missing, they're going to, they haven't won a game in those situations. Uh, you know, we have seen that 40% of their games have been played without the main three, without Perto, Murray, and White. So that's something um, interesting that, that only, they've only been uh, uh, together for 60%. And then overall, what does this project to? Um, we're just saying that if they stay healthy right now, they're projected to go 17 and 20 in their final 37 games when Murray, White, and Pirtle are healthy. Uh, that's a 34 and 48 record overall. That might be good enough for the 10th spot uh, in the playing game. But however, the Spurs have been playing very well since after Thanksgiving. And, and the reason why that date's notable, that's around the time when Derek White basically turned back into Derek White, when he really just got hit, got, got back into just being the old version of Derek White. And so the Spurs, when they have those three players, they're now 11-6 and six with the main three in, in their last 17 games when they're all available. So then if, if, if they played like this in the final 37 games, they would go 23 and 14 the rest of the way, which would which would be a, an overall record of 40 and 42. And now that if, if they can end the season 40 and 42, that might actually be close enough to be the, either the eighth seed in the playoffs or even the, the ninth seed in the playing game. So I know that's a lot of information, Joe. What are your thoughts there about these three players and, and also um, the crunch time stats between Derek and DeJounte? Well, it's like you said, you know, we haven't really seen them all on the floor for an X amount of time, you know, an extended period of time uh, due to injury, you know, COVID protocols, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see, as you stated, you know, the stats when they're not all together versus when they are together. And I personally, I like to see, you know, Derek and DeJounte on the court at the same time. I think they play well off each other. Uh, while one is more defensive minded, the other one uh, can go ahead and uh, create his own shot. You know, De, uh, DeJounte in particular has, you know, a really nice uh, jumper, you know, that he's developed even going back into last season. You notice mm-hmm. that his jumper was much improved and it improved this season as well. Uh, I think DeJounte has gotten a little bit uh, smarter uh, with his decision making uh, with the ball. You know, he's been a little bit more controlled. I mean, he's going out there being aggressive, getting the rebounds. And then you look at Derek White and in those cases where the defense of the opposing team will go ahead and try to lock down on DeJounte, Derek White you know, we'll be able to go ahead and take over and facilitate the offense for the San Antonio Spurs and also draw the charges. While he might not be as gifted as DeJounte in going up and getting rebounds, Derek White still has a lot of value as, you know, that second point guard out there on the court for the San Antonio Spurs. And the other thing I've liked as well is the consistency out of one Yaka Portal. I think Yaka Portal has been the second most consistent player for the San Antonio Spurs behind one DeJounte Murray. And that says a lot for Yaka because when he first came in, a lot of Spurs fans kind of left him for dead. And they're like, oh, God, look at who we got. Who is this guy? He's kind of big and lumbering out there. He's not very aggressive. I remember hearing a lot of chants for Dunk the ball, Jakob. Dunk the ball, Jakob. They want him to be more aggressive. Yeah, even Sean Elliott still does that. Yeah, (laughs) you know what? He, to his credit, he has been a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm. But one of the other things that Spurs fans, I don't think, really give him a lot of credit for is his passing ability. For being a big man, he's a great passer. He sees the court well. He's even found. uh, You see, you go back and you see some of these highlights, and he finds you know his teammates moving without the ball, backdoor cuts, you know, things of that Mm -hmm. nature. And then he does a lot of the little things, setting picks, coming out, setting. Screens, you know, does that little pick and pop, has a little floater. I mean, Jakob Loki is having his best season uh, as an NBA player. You know, you go back and see when he was drafted with Toronto and you look at the progress that he's made all the way up until 
this season with the San Antonio Spurs, and the numbers don't lie. Jakob has a complete game. He's looking every bit as a solid starting center, and I'm glad we have him on our team. And the best part about it, Paul, is that the Spurs got him at a hometown discount in the offseason. So I think that was a perfect storm for them. Oh yeah, for sure. He has a he, you know he has a really great contract, especially for the value that he's bringing to the team. Um, and so you know, c- continue to talk about Pirtle here. There is one thing I wanted to address with him. Um, and that was that was a recent trade rumor um, re- involving his name. So uh, again, the reason why I want to bring it up is just because the, the reporter who reported is very is very respectable. You know, he has uh, good information. This is Mark Stein, uh, formerly of ESPN and the New York Times. So on January fourteenth, um, Stein reported that that again it, it wasn't the Spurs, it was the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, Pirtle's old team, who have interest in trading for him and bringing him back to Toronto. So again, this doesn't say that the Spurs were the ones, you know, shopping Pirtle. Uh, it was it was the Raptors inquiring about interest in him. Uh, and so like Joe said, you know, Pirtle's on a great contract. This season he's making 8.7 million. Uh, next season he's he's making 9.3 million. And basically where does Profit X, um, one of the sites that, 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 that we work with, they say that um, Pirtle's basically this season playing like a $19.8 million player. So again, like, almost like a $20 million player for the value that he's bringing to the Spurs when he's only uh, making $9 million salary right now. So I guess my, my, my so just looking at a few, a few uh, things to, to, to monitor um, again, my perspective, my, my, my opinion is that this, it's just the Raptors saying, Oh, we're interested in a center. We really like Jakob Pirtle. So I think that's where that information is coming from. I, again, I don't see the Spurs saying, Hey, you know, do you want to calling teams and saying, Hey, you know, what is your interest in Pirtle? Again, that's not where I see it. I feel like the Spurs do want Pirtle. They're not, they're not looking to move him. Uh, and then, um, you know, as far as packages that Toronto could um, create for Pirtle, I was looking at Profit X's um, packages. Their three best packages, and none of them are very like. I don't think the Spurs would say yes to either any of these. Uh, you know, Chris Boucher and and Yuta Watanabe. Um, it's package one, um, and then of course maybe draft draft picks. Um, Malachi Flynn, Yuta Watanabe, and Kim Birch is package two, and you know definitely probably a no from the Spurs. And then last one is Yuta Watanabe, Svi Mikhailuk, and um, Precious Achua uh, for for Pirtle. And, and again, these are all no's, I think. Uh, and then you know, unless this, the I don't think the Raptors will be willing to depart uh, with um, Pascal Siakam or or Fred VanVleet or OG Ananobi. And even if they did, you know, again, I don't even think any of those players would, would fit where the Spurs want to do. I think that Pirtle is just too valuable uh, for them. Um, so, Joe, what are your thoughts on this rumor? Do you think it's just the Raptors inquiring about Pirtle, or or do you think the Spurs would entertain any of these trade packages? I think the the Raptors, you know, probably inquired, you know, called the front office and see if there's any interest there in, in trading for Jakob Pirtle. I'm sure the Spurs get tons of calls for any number of their players, you know, the ones that are – uh, having better seasons, let's put yeah. it like that. Yeah, like Jakob Portal or DeJounte, maybe Derek or even, you know, uh, Keldon Johnson, for example. They might get, you know, inquiries here and there. But really, at the end of the day, it's just an inquiry. Is it really going to, you know, anything going to really come out of that? Probably not. You know, if the Spurs went ahead and, let's say, did decide to trade one Jakob Portal, you know, really, at the end of the day, what are they going to get in return? If you're not getting some solid, you know, picks in return as far as maybe some second round picks or maybe a late first round pick. I mean, why would you want to trade a guy that you got at a hometown discount has been, again, your most, your second most Mm -hmm. consistent player has been, is developed into a a solid starting center for you. If you wind up trading him for really pieces that don't work, you're kind of going backwards instead of going forward. And if you do that, then that signifies that quite frankly, you might go full tank, you know, no to finish the season, you know, because you want to go ahead and, and get a higher draft pick. The likelihood of that happening is is very unlikely. It's very low. 
So I think the Spurs are just going to go ahead and hang on to Jakob Portal until they really hear something that might really pique their interest. Right now, all the scenarios that you just kind of read off to me, none of those really, you know, climb out at me and say, wow, that's a great deal. The Spurs should pull the trigger on it. And I'm <laughs> sure the front office is thinking the same way. They're like, yeah, it's nice, but we're going to respectfully decline that offer, you know, so they're going to hang on to Jakob for the foreseeable future. Again, I, I agree with you completely. So again, I agree with Joe right there. Just, uh, um, you know, again, I think this is just the Raptors inquiring, you know, what, what calling the Spurs and saying, you know, what, what, what we, what we need to do to, to, to get Alcaparto or like, you know, how, how willing would y'all be willing to trade him? And I bet that's a no on the Spurs end right now, unless like, like Joe said, unless there's somebody else out there that's in a package that's going to get the Spurs, um, you know, uh, get, get them a player who's better than Pirtle right now or a draft pick. It's like de- definitely going to be like in the top, you know, three, maybe, you know? So again, I don't, I don't see that kind of package being out there right now or a team um, willing to, to, to give that for Pirtle. Um, so, and like Joe said, he's basically like the Spurs' second best player. Um, so, so don't forget to, don't forget to visit projectspurs.com Spurscast listeners. Um, you know, Stephen uh, Michael continues to to keep you updated on the, how the Spurs are doing with his game by game analysis. Uh, with the draft coming up in a few months, Benjamin Bornstein continues to his prospect watch series. So keep an eye on different draft prospects from Ben. And then um, each week, uh, Rocky Ju- Rocky Garza Jr. Uh, does the weekly previews. Uh, thanks to Joe for joining me here on the Spurscast. Thanks also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs. Stay safe and have a great day.